We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chief Kingdom? Welcome to this special episode of Outside the Trenches here. A special noontime here on Thursday. We appreciate you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching this live or listening to the podcast afterwards. I am BJ Kissel, joined as always by my good friends Nick Leckie and Mr. Tucker Franklin. And we've got to thank Jack Stack Barbecue for making all of this possible. Thank you for tuning in again. Nick, how goes it on this Thursday afternoon? It's good, man. It's good. I got no complaints right now. So I'm just happy to be doing this right now. So I got some some thoughts and I'm, I'm excited about this upcoming weekend too. So it'd be good. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious with the with our fancy title of our show of Could Odell <laughs> Beckham Help the Chiefs? Yes. But please continue to listen as we break down more of what that means. Uh, and Tucker, uh, how goes it for you? We've been talking all day, but uh, how's your yeah. day so far? And uh, how excited are you to podcast for the next 30 minutes? Man, it's been a busy week because we've been cranking out all kinds of content. You know, we've got uh, like last week, you know, we, you got to see some great defensive breakdowns. We usually are on the offensive side breaking down stuff with Matt Castle. Had Derek Johnson and Mike DeVito break down a play. That was awesome. I don't know if we've talked about how cool that was, but just to just to have a 20 minute clip. I, I don't even know if you can call that a clip. That's a full podcast at that point of those two guys talking defense, talking about Willie Gay Jr. And really the next generation of Chiefs linebackers was really cool. And there's just a ton of content and a ton of things in the works that are going to happen that are very exciting. BJ, I started to sound like you. Starting to pitch <laughs> yeah. things that we haven't, haven't I was going to see yet. how much you were going to give away. And I was just going to let you go with it. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I can't. For, I can't. No, but I, I agree with you. And the, the coolest part, and this is the non- just the fact that Derek Johnson and Mike DeVito, who are good buddies, they're good friends. And that comes out in the video. And every time they talk about each other, that goes back to when they both got injured and they went through rehab together. They That was something that that was very real at the time. And they both spoke about it a lot and has obviously carried over as they're both done playing now. But my favorite part of that entire thing was talking to Mike and, and getting it set up with DJ and, and telling Craig the news because DJ is just like not to... Not to make fun of Craig. It's like one of his all-time favorite players, and we knew what it was going to mean to him. So Kent and I actually called Craig on a Zoom, and he was driving with his family on I-70. Made him pull off the side of the road and was like, hey, we need a Zoom right now. Like, we got to tell you something. And we recorded the call, and he 
tried to hold it in, but it was cool. It was special for him. And hopefully we can continue to do cool stuff like that. Uh, DJ was awesome. And then uh, I don't know if you're alluding to this, but we do have uh, a new show coming to the network that has been in the works for a while, but we are recording the first episode tomorrow afternoon and we'll uh, get that up on all of our channels soon after that. I don't want to give too much of the show away, uh, but it's going to be at a very cool location and it's going to be a little bit different than everything else that we have on the network uh, by design. And so that should be a whole lot of fun. But right now, everybody tuning in here on this Thursday, I know the Chiefs just had their press conferences. I saw a lot of Tommy Townsend quotes and yes. we can't go too far into this show before we give Tucker an opportunity to talk about a guy that went out there and averaged 56.8 yards and like mm. six punts five inside the 20 and one of the mm. I think Dave Tobe with some quotes saying one of the best special team punting performances he's probably ever seen Tucker man the floor the floor is yours my guy listen I just I just want to thank Tommy for validating all of my opinions and going out there and dropping absolute bombs. Send him a message after the performance, by the way. Um, <laughs> of course he did. So, did you sleep in the jersey? No, I should have. I haven't taken it down from there, but I, I need to. I need to display it more prominently. The goal is to get him to like sign it or something. Maybe we can right. get him to sign it, and then I can like frame it, and then then have it a nice big display behind here. I'll move some of these pennants around, um, and and I'll feature the Tommy Townsend jersey but man listen I wasn't surprised about the performance because I know that's what Tommy Townsend can do watching him punt and there's videos of him coming out of like this this off season. I don't know if you saw this he had like a six second hang time punt or something like that and he can really just boot him 60 yards six second hang time but man it's a it's a weapon for sure I know a lot of people don't like punters I know they're like oh you should go for it on fourth down I usually like to go for it on fourth down but if you're backed up and you really need to change field position it's pretty good to have Tommy Townsend on your sideline that he can just literally drop a drop a dime in the coffin corner and flip the field position and flip momentum for your team. So it was, it was huge this past weekend for the chiefs, especially that offense wasn't clicking and he was able to flip those fields, help the defense kind of get a little bit of momentum. And then, you know, ultimately they do a win. Yeah. It's about all three phases working. And when one of them wasn't running at its highest efficiency in the offense, and we've seen that it's great to see the defense start, start to step back up. We've talked about on this show a lot of just giving grace, giving a little bit of time and letting them figure things out throughout the course of the season, Nick. And I know you've kind of preached that from the beginning as somebody who's been there before, who just kind of says like, let them work through this stuff that not everything isn't everything every week and that guys can get better and they can figure things out. And now we're seeing on the defensive side of the ball, some of the guys that people were talking about needing to step up, those guys are stepping up. Yeah, and no, and it's cool too. And I think it's especially great to have special teams. Special teams was the, the biggest reason the Chiefs won that game. I mean, they what like three missed field goals and uh, the the punting. Um, that that there there is psychologically when when you're going on as an offense, and if you have the ball, you know, at your fifty or past the fifty, you're like, okay, we can do this. But if you're like back at your own twenty or you're back at your own ten, you're like, that's a long drive, and you don't have the most confidence with that. So that's huge, man. And that's how you win those close games. Everyone steps up at the right time. Cool. And again, appreciate everybody out there for listening. If you have any questions or comments on any of the, the chat rooms, whether you're on our YouTube page or whether you're on Facebook, wherever you're at, 
Twitter, whatever. Send us your questions, tweet us, and uh, we'll try to get to as many as we can. And I know title of the show, we're going to talk Odell Beckham. It hasn't been a huge secret. It's been something Chiefs Kingdom's been talking about for the last <laughs> few years. And so I would be curious, uh, Nick, your thoughts uh, to start this off on the the o, the Odell Beckham. And I think it's very similar to the, the Josh Gordon. It's very similar to the Le'Veon Bell in that you got, and not in any kind of production, but what your expectations of what you're thinking that you're getting. And is that what you're paying for? Is that what your expectations are as far as how he fits into the offense, all those things, just when you first heard Odell Beckham and the chiefs connected, cause it's out there everywhere now that they're at least trying, what was your reaction? It's a gamble. Um, and initially you think, no, I mean, the guy's known for one catch and he's been hurt last year. Um, hasn't been playing this year. Hasn't been contributing to the offense. Uh, so you want that sort of superstar, that guy who's going to like kind of be a bright spot on an offense and, you know, can slide in somewhere. Uh, I don't like the, you know, his, his work ethic and the way, or not his work. I don't question work ethic, the way he goes about it, like having his dad tweet out stuff, uh, him, him, you know, be on the sideline disgruntled. It, it's worth a gamble. I don't like that stuff, but it's worth a gamble when you have a player like him, who is a prima donna, he is the definition of a prima donna and um, to gamble on, on him being motivated because he got cut. So you're like, okay, it, it, um, I could use him this year in our offense and he's going to be motivated to get that, you know, next contract or to play for next year. And so you use it for, for one season, but as far as anything past that, and that's a gamble, you know, that's, that's a gamble, but it, it could pay off big dividends. Tucker, yep. what do you think? Let me get your thoughts. Yeah, I, I go back and forth. I don't think it would be a bad thing to sign Odell Beckham, right? He is still talented. Like, he's a talented wide receiver. He does add attention that defenses have to account for. And that's something that we talked about with Josh Gordon, too, right? Like, Josh Gordon's a guy that you have to account for. We just haven't seen him a whole lot, a whole lot of targets. I think he's got, like, three targets, and two of them have been Patrick Mahomes' interceptions. Um, and it's just, like, one of those things It's just, like, really unfortunate. Um, but I, I think that... Odell would be kind of a, a smoke and mirrors type of guy if you do bring him in because, listen, it's talked about every time the Chiefs sign a wide receiver is that it takes a while to learn the, this, this offense. And that's not a surprise. Mm -hmm. That's not a, a shock to anybody. And so how effective can Odell Beckham Jr. really be in, say, probably 12 weeks, right? He probably won't play until week 12. It's week 10 right now. You know, he's not going to make a decision until he's already said until – probably next Monday. Um, so that's week 11. That's going to take it out. Um, probably week 13, honestly, if we start really thinking about when he's going to be able to be active. So how how effective is he going to be in those few weeks? Uh, you know, the Chiefs do need to make a, a playoff push, I put in air quotes, because the AFC is so up in the air right now. But they're not in a playoff spot right now. They need to be in a position where they can make that push. Does Odell help them? It probably opens up uh, Tyreek or Travis Kelsey a little bit more, but that's what we thought Josh Gordon was going to do, right? And that really hasn't happened yet. So I don't know how more, much more effective that will be. I get that Odell's kind of different in the same vein as, as Josh Gordon because Josh Gordon been out of the league for a little bit. But I honestly think Josh Gordon's more talented than Odell Beckham. Um, I think Josh Gordon has a little bit more talent, can can add a little bit more to the Chiefs offense than kind of Odell will. But I don't want people to hear me say that and think that I don't want Odell Beckham <laughs> on the Chiefs because like, I was like, yeah. you just said that on a live <laughs> podcast, Tucker. You just said that for the but entire yeah. world. <laughs> I do. I do want him on the Chiefs, but I just don't think he can help the Chiefs. Yes. Is it like it's like one of those 
cost benefit reward analysis. It's just like, is it worth it? Like he could be a league minimum guy, but you're going to get him on a league minimum deal maybe for, you know, six weeks plus the playoffs. He's probably not going to resign. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just like the chief's cap room is coming up against it too. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's a lot of things working in the opposite of the chief's favor, but like the idea of Odell Beckham with Patrick Mahomes is pretty sweet. Yeah. I think, Maybe it's just the the optimistic side of my brain that if the Chiefs do out do go out and get him, I trust that Andy Reid's time in the league and the relationships he has with the different coaches and any time they spent around each other at a Pro Bowl or any questions from his agent that were answered about motivation. Some of the stuff with the dad could be bad, but that stuff could also have been done to get him out and be part of like, let's not pretend that that couldn't have. I don't want to throw things out there, but I, I we don't know the entire picture of how he forced himself out. So if the chiefs do bring him in, I would feel like they have answered the questions that we just asked that we don't need to ask. Should they bring him in? I don't think they would bring him in. If there's any kind of a problem with kind of where the chiefs are at and that this team was supposed to be, uh, you know, fighting to go undefeated. And then obviously struggle to be the number one storyline in the NFL is what happened to the Chiefs. You know, we thought they were going to be the most dominant team, go back to the playoffs. And now they're right in the middle of that race from a fan. We're right in the thick of it. But from a locker room culture standpoint, do you want to bring in a, a what we think on the outside is a risk? But I, Nick, I see you're shaking your head. We don't it could potentially not be a risk. We there are factors that we aren't aware of. And maybe I'm completely wrong. I just feel like if they bring them in, whatever those questions are would have been figured out like those questions were solved that's where i come from in the whole deal and if they don't sign him then i can say okay he's a prima donna he didn't want to be here he just wanted <laughs> number one targets a lot of money and I, th- I think we're forgetting about the players who are already there too what does it do to mm-hmm. that 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 psyche and the attitude of the wide receiver room when we're in a guy like that because then someone's gonna have to have to leave right so you bring one yeah. in gotta let go of the other so you gotta look at it from that standpoint too and that could really screw up a lot of people's heads right now when they're sort of chaos right now anyways as far as offensive trying to find their footing what if it's josh gordon right like what if josh gordon just can't pick up the offense because we talked about this a lot that playing receiver for the chiefs they don't call routes we just run out and you know your route as soon as you run out of the huddle you got to see the leverage you got to see where you fit Mm -hmm. inside of the rules and the the things Mm -hmm. that they do against different coverages so maybe he's just not picking up that side of it and whatever josh's gordon offers is any time of a special teams player Odell is going to be in the same boat and that's where Dave Tobe gets involved. Maybe it's Josh Gordon or Odell. And if Odell can learn the offense or uh, pick things up quicker and be more trust, more trusted by Mahomes to be where he needs to be as a third option. Um, you know, that that third option is where you're going when the pocket's about to close in, you're about to escape the pocket. You want to trust that those guys are going to be exactly where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And, I, and I've thought that too, is like if the chiefs go get o- Odell, is this them giving up on Josh Gordon? Um, and I don't necessarily think that those two things are related uh, because Josh Gordon did kind of did sign a multi-year deal. Uh, they kind of see Josh Gordon as a, as a long-term option for them to kind of build off of. But I think that Odell would be a one-year at most deal uh, to finish out the rest of the 2021 season. So it's one of those things where it's probably like a, a DeReese Fountain gets released and then signed to practice squad or something like that uh, type of deal. But yeah, it's it's really it's it's really an interesting situation, especially after they just brought in another wide receiver. And you hear, and if you're a wide receiver in that room, 
They bring in another wide receiver. You think, okay, I did it. I survived. And then you hear, oh, they're looking at another wide receiver. So it's just like, man, I cannot imagine how that must feel to be in that room. You gotta be always have eyes behind your head, I guess. Yeah, it it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And then think about the storylines if Odell chooses to go somewhere else. And then it's Juju Smith Schuster chose to not come to Kansas City. And now Odell Beckham yeah. chose not to come to Kansas City. Is Kansas City is that kind of an environment not as enticing as we assume it will that everyone in the league wants to come play with Patrick Mahomes like does that conversation need to take place at some point Nick or is it simple as somebody offered ten dollars more than the other team and that's just where you go and where you go play no I I don't think that that's the case at all right now it's a cluster like right now it does not look like fun to be in Kansas City um so we'll, we'll see with that and I think you got you have to judge the season when it's done like you can't ever judge a season mid-season because there are teams that have started off eight zero and not made the playoffs. Yeah. So just one of those things. You're like like this thing. Like good teams separate themselves November December, and so we have to wait for November December. You know, Chiefs made their Super Bowl run in 2019 when they switched the switched flipped the script in late November. You know, and there's the last season stretch. You know, in the November December January. So we'll see. We'll see. And look at some teams will get wild card and make a run. Yeah, regardless of whether Odell comes or whether they're just banking on Josh Gordon getting more. The fact is that what they're going to need is a lot of leadership. And you guys know who shows a lot of leadership is fairway independent mortgage because fairway independent mortgage makes the home loan process as simple as possible by guiding you through every step, just as they've done for the past 25 years Call Jennifer Dixon at 816-390-8898. That's 816 816- Three nine zero eighty eight ninety eight. Great rates, a focus on customer service, and the fastest turn times in the industry. That is Fairway Independent Mortgage, guys. We've talked about Odell. That's been a storyline. Now let's move forward to the Sunday night game against the Las Vegas Raiders. There are no shortage of storylines going into this one. Nick, what is the one that you want to talk about first? that gets you most excited thinking about this matchup on Sunday night in Vegas? Well, the one that does get me excited is that Derek Carr is a solid leader. And, and I think that's what you need in times like this. You know, they've, you know, my, my heart's go out <clears throat> to the victim of Henry Ruggs drunk driving. Uh, that's tragic. And I think if you got a guy like Derek Carr as your leader, you kind of hate to play the Raiders right now, just because you think they're in chaos, but sometimes chaos produces, you know, brings out the best in us. And when you got a guy like Derek Carr leading that team, they're going to rally behind him. You know, he's a genuine guy. People love him. And so they're, they're dangerous. And plus they're looking at, you know, they're looking to get back at the chiefs. You know, they're looking to take their shots at the King right now. And that's, what's going to happen in divisional game. No matter if one team was eight, no one team was zero and eight, you're going to get your best shot and you know each other so well, you, you give the slight edge to the home team. Tucker, what's the storyline that you're most looking forward to watching come to fruition or play out on Sunday? I think kind of in the same vein as Nick there is that Derek Carr's he's a good quarterback as much as Chiefs fans might not like to admit it you know he's he's a pretty good quarterback and this will be the first quarterback good quarterback in a couple of weeks the Chiefs has seen and we've seen the Chiefs defense incrementally improve I want to see them show out play really well against a against a good quarterback that's not to the caliber of Daniel Jones or is not to the caliber of Jordan Love um, I would like to see them perform well and and we talked about it and and 
plenty of other shows that the Chiefs defense did play well against Jordan Love. If Aaron Rodgers was in there, yeah, maybe he throws a few guys open, but the Chiefs secondary covered pretty well. Not a lot of guys were open in that game. So I want to see them continue to do that, uh, continue to Spags to dial up those blitzes. I, I know that he loves to do that against young quarterbacks, but why not do it against all quarterbacks? You know, I thought he called a phenomenal game last week in terms of coverages, blitzes, everything of that sort. It just seemed like he, everything he called came at the perfect time. And, and I thought that, that it was, it was a very good performance and I'm looking forward to see the defense take another step. Cause when we talk about the 2019 team and compared to this team, this was about the time the defense took that step forward. I think that Titans game was either week 10 or 11 um, of last of, of 2019. And we're getting to that spot again. So I think that it's going to be this, this little turning point, right? We've always got to say, Hey, this is going to be the turning point. And you don't want to be premature on it. Like we were for the, the second half of the Washington game. But <laughs> I, I really do think that those two stretches right there against not very top tier quarterbacks, have given the Chiefs defense a little bit more confidence that they can take into this game against a, a pretty good quarterback in Derek Carr. Yeah, I think it was the 2019 season. The game that stands out to me was the Mexico City game that yeah. Daniel Sorensen <laughs> sealed it with that interception, and I just upset half of Chiefs kingdom uh, with that comment. But, uh, Tucker, my storyline that I want to watch in this game is kind of similar to what you're saying, and it goes back to what Joey Bosa had said earlier in the year, which is about the most inflammatory thing I'd ever heard in like the last five years in any NFL player say is that Derek Carr gets uh, rattled when you get some pressure on him. <laughs> and Derek Carr was asked about it and he was like, yeah, that pissed me off. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to see Frank Clark. I want to see Chris Jones and Melvin Ingram makes an immediate impact when he gets out on the field. I want to see those guys continue to get pressure because Nick, to your point, as much as the Chiefs are almost the bad guy going up and, and playing a team that is kind of going through this and they kind of galvanize themselves with what they're going through, uh, the one way that you can kind of kind of alleviate some of those stuff, you get pressure on Derek Carr. We've had a lot of success in Derek Carr's career against Derek Carr, and it's all been predicated on getting him off his spot, getting him to move uh, and getting pressure on him. And I want to see Frank Clark continue to have, what have we seen, three of the best you know, four games in his Chiefs career it seems like have been over the last three weeks. So him being healthy and making an impact and then getting Melvin Ingram in the mix. And then obviously Chris Jones going back inside and doing his thing. I want to see that continue because that's where we can start to stack like performances on top of each other. And we talk about getting incrementally better on the defensive side. We've seen that with pressure. I want to see whatever that looks like on the offensive side. And they've got a, a task with Ngakwe and, and Max Crosby turning into one of the best young pass rushers in the league is going to be, Nick, you don't believe that? No, You're shaking good. your head. Max Crosby. Oh, I saw your reaction. I was like, do you have a hot take about Max no. Crosby? Because yeah. I actually spent – well, side note, I actually spent a lot of time talking to Max Crosby because he went to college with Andrew Wiley. And those they were good buddies. And when he was going through the draft process, I remember talking to him a handful of times. And he was – when you go to the Combine and the guys do media, like the big name guys, they say, like get the podiums. And then they're like other players and it's not even small school. It's just other players get like the tables and Max Crosby was sitting at a table by himself. Just nobody was like media were walking around talking to everybody else. And I went and asked him about Andrew Wiley had a great conversation. And now looking back, he's the best player that was probably in that room at that time. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to uh, our last segment in this show. And it is Nick's favorite segment and blind nil we got the last 15 minutes of this show again we appreciate everybody for tuning in whether you're watching or listening 
to this live or you're catching it on Apple or Spotify or all the place we listen to podcasts. We appreciate your support. So please go ahead and subscribe and follow and uh, rate review and all that good stuff. If you like what you hear, uh, but let's get into blind nil to close this one out. Nick, it is your segment it's your baby. So you get to go first. What are we talking about? And for anybody who doesn't know blind nil, we each bring a segment. We don't know what each other brings. We talk about it for a few minutes. We move on. Not too difficult. Have you guys played spades yet? Have you guys actually done blind nil in spades? No. You need to. It's it's an exhilarating feeling when you go blind nil because you know you, it's four people. You have partners across the table, and you just don't even look at your cards. They deal thirteen cards a piece. You don't even look at your card. You just say, "I'm going blind nil," and then you flip it up. You're like, "Oh my goodness, that's you know you don't even know." Okay, my blind nil. You can only fix one problem with the Chiefs, like giving a, a boost to a stat. Um, or, or, you know, one little thing you wish they would do better. And it can't be more TDs or turnovers. <laughs> okay. You can't say more TDs or more turnovers. But if there was a stat you're like, or if there was like something they would do more of, what would it be? Hmm. Hmm. I think I got one. I'm going right. to go. I think, I think it has to be pressures. Um, and I, I think I would, I was asked this question in some variation, but it was more like in personnel terms of like, if the chiefs had to add one player at what position, what would it be? And I said, defensive end just to generate more pressure, uh, to get more guys out there. They added Melvin Ingram, another guy you have to account for. So now that you have Melvin Ingram on the outside, Frank Clark on the outside, you can then put Chris Jones on either of those inside positions. And I think Mike DeVito put it perfectly on one-on-one is, or I think Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito both talking about this. You can't just chip Chris Jones. Like that just doesn't happen. Like with the center, you can't just as a guard, you can't just chip to help him. Um, you've got to have like attention there, but then you also have to have attention to Frank Clark. Who's that outside guy. So it's just like, okay, there's a lot going on there. Now add Melvin Ingram into the mix. I think that's a whole lot, but you can have those names. You can have those guys, but if they don't have the pressure, if they're not logging those pressures, which is a very objective stat, I understand that. Um, but if they're not logging those pressures, making the quarterback feel the presence, making the quarterback see some ghosts, you don't even have to bring down the quarterback for a quarter bring down the quarterback for the quarterback to think that you're going to get to him. Um, so I think that that's kind of one thing I really want to see the chiefs to do is once you, once you bring that pressure to the quarterback, the secondary is doing their thing. The secondary has been playing really well. I think that's one of the, one of the most unsung talked about things going on right now is Traverius Ward came back and has been playing pretty, pretty good clamps on the outside. Uh, Legere Sneed had a hell of a game. Awesome. Um, he mossed a dude. It, it, the secondary is playing so good. Rashad Fenton in the slot is a, is so good, dude. These are all like guys that were drafted in like the third round. So it's like, how does Brett Veach see all these guys? But anywho, I think getting pressure will just create this defense to to get more momentum. Like that, I would. I like that answer, and that's similar to what I was going to say. But I also, and this is very nuanced answer, but. I want to see targets away from Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So if I look at a number in a few months and I see that there are targets going away from them, I'm not, it's really weird to say, I want to see less targets going to your, our best players. But in theory, that means that you're trusting or you're getting answers as to what else you have. And it seems like, and we've seen it at different times that when your offense becomes too reliant on a few players, when one of those players, when you're forced by 
necessity to not be reliant on those guys. All of a sudden the rest of the offense opens up because you start incorporating targets to other people and you're not, I think it, I'm thinking Tucker, you know, you were producing or you were a part of it. The Matt Castle breakdown where he was explaining that third big third down play where it showed oh. the two high. And it's like they're bracketing Tyreek and they're bracketing Kelsey. And then when they go through the progressions, he goes, he's going to Tyreek and then he comes back to Kelsey and then he comes off. I'd like to see, based on the look that he's getting, go wherever the defense dictates you go because you feel like your guys are going to go win, not let's figure out ways to get one of these two guys open. And I feel like in a few months from now, if we look and there's more targets to other guys, that has naturally happened, Nick. That is how I'm answering that question. Well, no, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think both you guys answered. You know, I, I love both you guys' answer. I think pressures will force quarterbacks that won't be comfortable back there. So I think that's fantastic, Tucker. I agree that that's definitely a thing. And then for, for BJ, I think what I've seen the Chiefs do is there's one like replay versus the Packers where uh, there was a big, big completion to Tyreek, but mm-hmm. they showed the replay and was like the close up. And you could see Patrick go through the progression where Tyreek was the third read. And I'm like, that's a cool way to mix it up where you're like, okay, they're going to, they're going to clamp him. Um, then let's make him the third read, right? Like, cause they're going to be yeah. playing off pressure with other, other two guys. And if he's your third read, that's kind of cool. You know? So yeah. that means you go through your first guys. So they're trying to get to your point, BJ. So they are, but yeah, so that's cool. I like that. Um, if, yeah. Yeah. If, if they were mine, like, I don't know, that was, I would just say run the ball more, like not pass the ball, <laughs> You're gonna say that. not pass the ball, but no, for, and it's serious, man, because yeah. if you do that, you know, you wear the defense lineman out. I don't think these DNs, when they play the Chiefs, I don't think they're playing much run responsibility. And it's like, you don't need RPO. I just need downhill runs, like like inside zone, inside power something um, to yeah. the left side. You just want to have a little fun in there. <laughs> you need that. No, you build your yeah. confidence. You wear them down. Oh, it it yeah. does so much. You just run the damn ball. All right. Yeah. Tuck, what do you got for your blind nil segment? Uh, before we get to the blind nil, we need like Snyder's cut or like a director's cut of those like castle videos. So maybe yeah. that's a subscriber only thing we do because there's a lot of good stuff that like doesn't make the the final cut. Um, I I don't want to put 20 minutes of clip draw on anyone else's right. plate. <laughs> it's like I got to cut fair. this down. Otherwise, it's going to be like six hours worth of work. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a lot. But anyway, we have seen the NFL come up with some pretty bad rules. Uh, the taunting rule is one of those rules, I think, this season that's I, pretty consensus that everyone's like, yeah, this sucks. Um, you guys got to stop calling that. So I'm curious, outside of that rule, is there any other rule in the NFL that you would change? Ooh, rule change. Um, I would change the overtime rule. Because I yes. think the Chiefs could have an extra freaking Super Bowl yes. if it wasn't for that stupid rule. Um, yes. I don't know what the answer is. I would. I don't mind the college rule. Like give them, mm. give everybody the ball at twenty five and just let them keep scoring. Go two point conversion the whole time. Uh, I yeah. I like that. I actually liked some of the stuff they were talking about. To throw this one out there too. Uh, some of the onside kick, like try a fourth and fifteen, and some yeah. of that kind of some of those like more, you know, things that the NFL will never do, but just it could be a lot of fun for the game, a lot of fun for fans. Yeah. I, I was always disappointed when they eliminated the throat slash. I thought it was the most hardcore <laughs> gesture ever, but I get how <laughs> it's it's a violent sport, you know, and it's it's getting less violent, which I think is a great thing. 
you know, I think player safety is an issue. You know, we don't need the the Ed Reed Hall of Fame highlights where everything now is um, targeting your ejected sort of yeah. rule. Um, and I, I like the overtime rule. I, I think I think to your point, Tucker, I wish in college they would say if you fall down on your own, you can get up and run. Mm. So I wish they would change yeah. that rule in college to where it make it more NFL. And I always feel like if you're in the NFL, I think you've earned the right to taunt. Um, I think in college and high school, it should be enforced. I, I truly, yeah. but I feel like if you get to the NFL, it, it's, it's an entertainment, it's an entertainment sport, right? We're all entertainment. We're entertainers. Now we fully aware of that. Uh, the betting fantasy football itself, they want to, you know, increase viewership. You get guys yeah. taunting, make it legal in the NFL. Cause I like that. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I, I yeah. absolutely love taunting. I don't, and, I never did it, but I love it when people have that kind of confidence. And this is what they do. Like you, yeah. you guys work on this yeah. stuff all year long. You work all these hours. You put all these workouts in for an entire year to play like 20 games, mm-hmm. like talk all the smack you want, get in people's face. But I agree to you. I, I agree with you. The second, like high school kids have that level no, of, you've not earned that. They, you've not earned yeah, that. you exactly. And I think that differential doesn't mean that the NFL guys shouldn't get to do what they do because you have to tell a, a teenager that he hasn't earned it. Like you, have, you can yeah, have that you conversation. Have. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah you I agree. And look, look at Tyree kill in Super Bowl when, when, when he uh, was at Winfield or I forgot who it was mm-hmm. yeah. came up to him and waved at him. Like, Hey, people remember when you taunt them, you know, make some play harder. So go ahead. Yeah. There if you want, I never did. Uh, I honestly loved that from Anton Winfield. I thought it was, I yeah. hate it. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, it's hate. It's on your team. You're just like, God, that's so good. It's like, oh, I wish it. Oh, just had to salute. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's, that's pretty good. But a rule that I would change outside of like the uniform rules. I think the uniform and like cleat rules are really dumb where you have to wear team colors, but they'll let you wear different kind of, kind of cleats and like for different charities. They've got the my cleats, my claws for one week, mm-hmm. which is good, but they should do that every week um yep. people don't care if your cleats match your uniform yep. nobody cares about that nobody cares. another one i want to see your legs showing yeah <laughs> is is the kickoff rule like the like the xfl did where you kick it off and you these guys stand like 10 yards apart and they can't move until the the ball is fielded it, it was so good and there's like no injuries like the whole season they had no injuries on it but they actually had kickoffs taken back to the house which you don't ever see anymore yeah. And I think that's that's something that I think the NFL should really think about implementing is stuff like that. And BJ, same thing with you on the onside kick. Go for a fourth and 15. Make it more interesting. I get it that, like, kickers, you know, want that power to do an onside kick, but it's a lot more fun. <laughs> like, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd I be like fun. that. Yeah. Make it like NFL Blitz 99, right? No, oh, yeah. Arcade. Arcade. Put arcade mode. <laughs> yeah. The more we can make games like NFL Blitz with the taunting, the, yes. the, <laughs> the slamming. The hits after, yeah. The hits yeah. after the echo of the whistle, the full on body slam. All right. Uh, all right. My blind nil segment, uh, obviously, with the game going to Vegas. And I saw this on social media. And this is uh, just a plug because I saw it. Uh, Tyron Matthew, his foundation is, uh, they've got a, you know, a fundraiser going on. Anyone who's listening to this knows how we feel about what Tyron has done in the community and the impact that he has already made in the way that he gives back and that they are asking, I think it's like $10 gets you so many entries into a chance to win, uh, two tickets, airfare, hotels to go to the game in Vegas. I believe on Friday at like three o'clock in the afternoon, they're uh, picking a winner, but uh, I would ask everybody to go and donate. All the money goes to his foundation and helps pay back um, and do cool stuff in the community. So uh, anybody who's listening to this, who wants to give back to a player who's giving a lot to Kansas city, both on and off the field, uh, I would in a completely un 
unpaid plug or whatever, just I respect what he's doing and I gave and I would ask anyone else to do the same thing because I believe in what he's got going on. And so that kind of connects to my blind nail segment of going to Vegas, guys. With the game being in Vegas, now the Chiefs going out there every year. If you guys went out to Vegas for the game and you had an extra half day to do whatever you wanted in Vegas, where you were, you got to choose. So you get whoever you're with, whatever that looks like, Aaron, Tara, whoever. What would you be doing in Vegas for that half day? I'm eating breakfast at Bouchon and I'm going to go get a cigar at the Davidoff bar uh, across the street. Hmm. Boom. Guy knows. Did, did not even think to it. I've never been to Vegas before. So I would, <gasps> yeah, I would have to, <laughs> I would, I would probably have to do like a touristy, very touristy thing. Um, not sure what that is. Probably go find the sign that everyone wants to take a picture with. No, that, that's Are like you telling me that Jay, at, I'm just going to talk, like we're announcing, like I'll just say where we're going in January. Are you telling me that's the first time you're going to go? Yeah, that'll be the very first time. Nick, do you want to come? Nick, when? Come. When? end of January, beginning of February. Um, I might be in Mexico. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll we'll do we'll do a we'll show. Do You're in Mexico. We're in Vegas. It'll, wow, it'll be good. Wow, that's wow. a different show, Tucker. We got to come back to that. I can't even. Yeah, yeah. let's, let's circle back on that one. We have more time. What uh, What do you? Oh, thank you, Eli from Israel. Man, that's everywhere. wild. Uh, anyway, Eli Y says they're sh- checking in from Israel uh, for anyone listening on audio. So, Tucker, I never even heard your answer. I was too surprised that you'd never been to Vegas. I'm too excited thinking about yeah. a couple couple months from now. What do you think you want to do if you had a half day? I'd probably want to go see the sign, you know, that everyone wants to take pictures with. Or, or I just thought about this. I want to go to the pawn shop, you know, the one that oh, pawn is on Pawn Stars. Yeah. Uh, I've never been. I've been to Vegas a lot. I've never been. Um, to that place but the sign you want to see the vegas sign we could do yeah. that okay i Sweet. think we'll be able to do that you go, you go see hoover dam if you want to go see hoover oh, dam yeah Talk. that'd be cool maybe area 51 go out there yeah to see if the lettuce wait in. See area if you do a 51's in new mexico oh uh, never Talk. mind yeah you could drive there <laughs> area 52 roswell new mexico roswell. Vegas. yeah that's right yeah, yeah. Uh, that right, you well, can go to the desert joshua tree desert oh yeah if you like you yeah. too I was going to say, I yeah. <laughs> I would absolutely go play poker in a poker room because you could just sit for mm. drinks. Barf. You go play for a little bit unless you're sitting with a bunch of friends and you could tell when you're sitting at a table in Vegas with a bunch of people who know each other, leave the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of that, I would probably go sit in a sports book and just gamble on like mm. random games I don't oh. care about. Oh, I- <laughs> Sports, watch sports, like a lot of sports. Yeah. I can do it with a cigar, maybe. But yeah, you yeah. get your cigar and I get a betting slip in my hand of some random college basketball game that all of a sudden I really care about that sixth guy coming off the bench hitting that three. Like it's nothing like it. I'm not a gambler. I just don't like to gamble. I gamble with my cholesterol. That's it, really. That's, that's <laughs> right. Well, the, the other thing that we're gonna be doing a lot this time is golfing. So I will be golfing because mm-hmm. it'll be in January. We'll be able to do it in Kansas city and I might get out and golf. We'll be out there for a week. End of January. Um, I might go out and golf every day if I can't tuck. And That'd Nick. be cool. Let's do it. All I'm right. Down. Yeah. Back to golf. If Nick's not in Mexico, he can come with us. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Outside the Trenches as we started going live here on uh, at noon. 
on our shows. We think that uh, it's a good way to keep you guys distracted while you're trying to get work done for those going live and for everybody else. Uh, appreciate you for tuning in and we appreciate Jack Stack Barbecue for all their support, whether you're in Kansas City, go to any of their six locations, including the new spot at 87th Street on the Kansas side and 435 uh, in Lenexa. You can also go to jackstackbbq.com and they ship all over the country. And now they have a new partnership with DoorDash and Caviar and they can get you food from all over the country even easier than they did before. So thank you again for tuning in. We will see you after the game. Uh, again, we have a new special podcast coming out. You can catch that tomorrow afternoon. That should be a fun one. Other than that, we'll see you after the game on Sunday. Go Chiefs. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.